Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's Thursday. But we got more breaking news than ever before. I think we got more breaking news in the entire week. So you got to stand by and, uh, <laughs> you know, you get more news on WABC than any place else. I, as I used to say, the KGB listens in on us just to find out what the heck is going on. Well, they're very smart to do that. I don't blame them. In, in, in the studio with us is, uh, we have, uh, two common sense Democrats, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, Governor David Patterson. Two common sense Republicans. Uh, we have Ed Cox, the New York State Chairman, and for former Deputy Mayor for Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Washington, that possibly could be related to old George Washington. Now, treat me with respect. <laughs> oh, no. no. Do we have to? Do yes. we have to? All right, Rudy. <laughs> and uh, on my side, we got Rita Cosby, and uh, it's Katz and Cosby. And where the heck do we start? There was big decisions today. Uh, in uh, in the courthouses in Albany, they want to reverse. They want to reverse what was done uh, for uh, the elections. Ed Cox. And it was at the trial level, it was decided by a common sense Democrat. He was elected as Democrat, and he tossed it out unceremoniously as not being a deserving case. It was really an attempt by Democrats to get up to the Court of Appeals, which they think has been restructured in their favor by the Senate. Now, explain what it does, because it has huge ramifications for folks listening well, out well, there. Kind of explain why it matters so much. What it does is it orders the uh, Independent Redistricting Commission to redo what they did before and to come. They hope, I think, it comes to a different conclusion. But why would it? It's just repeating the same thing. It's like Groundhog Day. It's and all the, over. And it is clear in the Constitution that one and you're done. Either that or every two years you're going to have another fight over it, another redistricting decision. And explain why. We all understand. But I yeah, want to I mean, I wanna, keep it yes. simple so the average person out there can understand it. it it's very simple. The, the Democrats would rather cheat than compete. They want to draw districts. No, so no, but what's the actual facts? The facts are that they want to draw districts that uh, elect only four Republicans to Congress rather than 11 Republicans in, in to Congress. In other words, they want to create a district that has more Democratic voters than Republican voters? Uh, they want to cram all the Republican voters into four districts, and the rest are Democratic districts. So they have 22, and we have only four at the moment. Now, this includes federal elections? Uh, that means there are no competitive districts. There are overwhelming this Democratic for, districts and overwhelming De- uh, uh, Democratic district. This is for the key. Judge the, Weinberg? The key in this is, as Chairman Cox points out, you, 
if you change the lines and the Democrats get away with this gambit, it means that the United States has to power. But you're a Democrat. And I am a Democrat. I'm appalled by this. The fact of the matter is that what they're trying to do is to stack the United States House of Representatives unfairly and unconstitutionally. They're violating the New York State Constitution, and the whole balance of power uh, in the saying, federal government depends uh, on this case coming so out of right. Give people, give, let's give the people out there, there's a million people possibly listening. The power, uh, how are they doing it? Uh, in other words, they, they can draw a district on a map. What happened, Katz, is you'll see them jump from Queens to the Bronx and it looked like a snake, you know, to avoid certain communities that they don't want and pick up communities that they do want. So you get these odd-looking districts. It's called gerrymandering. Gerrymandering, just designed to do what uh, Chairman Cox just said. And yeah. Now, now, okay, we got three people's opinion. I haven't heard from Governor Patterson yet. Yeah, he's smiling a little bit. I, I, I think I know what he's going to say. So in 2003... When the Republicans drew the map, it was 38 Republicans to 24 Democrats. They got picked up four seats with their own reapportionment. I then sued the entire legislature because in those days, the Democratic Assembly would go along with the Senate. And um, and we wound up in court and, and we lost at that particular time. But some of those seats, one of them for the late Guy Valella looked like a dismembered lobster. And we were supposed to live with this. <laughs> kind of gerrymandering. So what I'm just trying to say is this has not always been the case. I'm I'm not denying that the Democrats drew a overly favorable map for themselves, but this is going on in, in, in historically. And um, hopefully the end of this will be that we will set up a commission to draw lines and that they will be as apolitical the, as the, they can be. The point is a special master drew these lines, and we have more competitive districts in New York State than any other major state, and that is the best thing you can have. And he was, they, it was not we political. Have to, we have not to political. compete. It was we not a political we, map. Yeah, it was not a political map. It was drawn by a special master who wasn't looking at politics. What the Democrats are doing is trying to seize the control again for exactly. the legislature to draw lines, cut out what the people wanted in the constitutional amendments, which is an independent we commission. We have finally achieved what Governor Patterson wants. A Congratulations, past, Governor Patterson. Congratulations, <laughs> Governor. Congratulations, I'll Governor. pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, why I think it is also so important, and it goes back to what you were saying, Judge Weinberg, is that look at what happened in the last election. Because of the seats that the Republicans had, they were able to get the House of Representatives, the, the GOP, and do investigations and do all these things that we talk about uh, on the air constantly. That could change. There's a lot at stake. It could change because we had a little red wave here and there. So we won uh, eight yeah. of the nine. By the way, a big one, at least from the House perspective. It, it was a it, do it or die. Big, no, here in New York, we won because we had good counsel. But in a presidential year, in a blue state, a lot of Democrats will show. We're going to have to fight if this – if. If we prevail and these, this map of competitive districts, we're going to have to fight hard to hold on to them. And that's good for the state to have good competitive politics. As long as it's competitive races, to That's your what point. you need. These are competitive and, seats. And, and the results, and what I'm deeply troubled about, I'm against one-party rule, whether it's Democratic or Republican. If they don't win the House, Republicans do not win the House, then the Senate has to go to the Republicans. Otherwise, words, everything you, will be you suppressed. You should have equal ability for, for – 
any uh, one party to win, equal ability to win based on the per, on the person's talent that's running. Exactly. You want competitive seats? And yeah. that's what we have now in New York. Yeah, that's what a special master did. Skewed. He had no Tell us about view. the special master so people can understand. Special that. master was appointed by the court in order to draw it a joint districts court? pursuant to the requirements of the Constitution of the state of New York, which say you cannot favor incumbents, you cannot favor challengers, draw maps that follow the county lines that recognize communities of interest that are compact and that are contiguous in what they do. And and that special master did that by the book. And that's why we have nine competitive seats here in New York. And what's the Democratic position, uh, uh, Governor? Pray. I, I think that, <laughs> I, I, I think that the, the Democratic position is really just that uh, this is a process that both parties have at many times shamed themselves with how much they. In fact, there's a county legislature right now that redo their li- redo the lines, and that'll come before the Court of Appeals. And I hope everybody here uh, likes that the fact that it went from ten. Republicans to nine to 14 to five. And that's going to come up in the next few weeks. And these two distinguished gentlemen to my left and my right better be agreeing with me that that those lines were drawn completely politically. Well, we'll check. And uh, I <laughs> guess some uh, fire in there today. And, and, and when does when is the court of uh, when's the next court here? Uh, the, uh, uh, probably in the fall. Right. There will be that, a, that far away. Oh, sure. Yeah, it'll take time with respect to the appeal and perfecting the appeal. And, and the then the commission's got to be uh, reconstituted. And then the commission's got to do uh, interviews all around the state in 12 wow. different areas. And all right, hold up. It's going to go for a long while. I guess we're going to be talking about it from here to there. Uh, I understand we got some breaking news. Breaking news, WABC. And, boy, what a news day it is here on the special edition of Cats and Cosby. Let's go to John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. John, what do you got? There is so much going on. Well, I got something so hot off the press. It just moved one minute ago on Just the News. The House Judiciary Committee has opened a full investigation of the FBI's targeting of House Intelligence Committee staffers during the Russia probe. This is a story that Just the News broke about six months ago. Cash Patel the chief investigator for Devin Nunes, then the House Intelligence Committee chairman, and one other staffer on House Intel who played a critical role in exposing the FBI's abuses in the Russia collusion probe. They just recently found out that five years ago, the FBI, the Justice Department, took their personal email records, their personal phone records uh, from uh, from Apple. Uh, Jim Jordan tonight announcing he believes that this may have been in retaliation for exposing the FBI's misconduct, and he's opened a full-scale probe, he told uh, FBI Director Chris Ray, you must turn over all documents by July 27th. So just two weeks from now, significant escalation. It's a very big story. A lot of people have been concerned in Congress that this is one of those but, instances where... But I thought where, the deadline was 5 o'clock today. What happened to that deadline? Oh, that's a different matter. <laughs> well, that's a different matter. We're only giving them 29 minutes, so we want to be a little more fair to them. <laughs> What's going on with that deadline? Yeah, the Merrick Garland, where Merrick Garland was saying by 5, or, you know, supposed to be reporting by 5 o'clock, if he's going to allow David Weiss, who's the U.S. attorney right. in Delaware, to testify all these ones who are wrapped up in all the stuff tied to the whistleblowers. 
Yeah, I just checked on that a little bit ago. There's still crickets. No word from the Attorney General yet to the House Intelligence Committee. That is a deadline that's approaching in there. John, uh, this is a whole new investigation. Boy, we're, we're we got uh, we're going to need a tote board to figure out all the investigations going on. But very important stuff on this one: separation of powers at stake here. Right? Remember back in 2015, the CIA went in and hacked into the Senate Intelligence Committee's computers and tried to get or erase some information in the torture probe. That's when Democratic Chairwoman um, Dianne Feinstein was in charge. Similar concerns here that the FBI went in, tried to spy on those who were digging up uh, wrongdoing about them. A very serious investigation. I think you're going to hear a lot about this over the next several weeks. Yeah, go ahead, Judge Weinberg. John, so what would be the rationale for the Attorney General of the United States to decline authority to have the U.S. Attorney in Delaware testify before Congress? Where does he come off uh, saying the that? most obvious one he'll probably use is the one that Weiss has already been dropping hints on, which is Hunter Biden has yet to plead guilty. Uh, his court appearance hasn't occurred yet. We have other things under investigation involving the Biden bribery memo that you know was forwarded to uh, attorney, uh, U.S. Attorney Weiss uh, back in 2020. And therefore, we can't talk about ongoing operations. It's the excuse that FBI Director Chris Ray must have used. There's an easy solution. There's an easy solution for that, John. Yep. Don't do it in a public hearing. Do it in the, down in the basement. Do it under okay. oath and do it with the cameras on and a recording. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that the U.S. attorney in Delaware is still investigating Hunter Biden or any of these things? I mean, I, I'll sell you a bridge in Brooklyn if you think that that's really going on, John. You know, well, I got to tell you, it doesn't take six years to solve the tax case they brought. Uh, I think a rookie IRS agent could have brought it in about three weeks. Yeah, let me get to you uh, the other stuff. There's so much breaking here, John Solomon, oh, of just to. the news. The cocaine caper, all right? Yeah. Uh, this is amazing. The Secret Service comes out just a few hours ago. They brief Congress and come out and basically say, uh, we have no fingerprints, we have no DNA evidence, we have no surveillance video in the most surveilled building of the world, and we don't know who left the cocaine, and see ya, investigation's closed. Uh, that's you. You couldn't have done it better. That's exactly what they said. One little tidbit, Lauren Boebert uh, revealed that during the briefing, the Secret Service said there had been three instances in the last year where cocaine was found in the White House. Seems like there's a cocaine trafficking problem going on in the it, White House. Wait! Uh, but Wait, wait, wait. That's Listen. new. Wait, there were three? What? Ha- where? When were the other two? They're not saying it. Um, uh, they, only gave, they only said in the last year. So both Congresswoman Boebert and Congresswoman uh, Mace interviewed with Justin News's congressional correspondent a little bit ago and said they, they told us of two other episodes, though they didn't give us the specific dates, just said that it was in the last year. So that is that has just broke a little bit ago as well. But think about this. The current story of the of the Secret Service is somebody touched the bag and put it in the box, but somehow they didn't get any DNA or fingerprints on it. Uh, a lot of people aren't buying that today, including senior law enforcement officials that I've been talking to. Ed uh, Cox. My, Ed Cox here. Uh, my question is, why can they not determine exactly where it was to begin with? The dispatcher yeah. announced it was in the found EMS found it in the library. Well, someone okay. who was maybe cleaning the library found it. And, of course, white powder, they're not going to touch it. You call okay. EMS, they come. So there must be at least two people, straightforward working people, 
who you ask them to come in and be deposed as to where they found it. It's like very de- simple. Depose the EMS and person. And I'm bet they're right? going to find it in the library like the dispatcher announced. Now, Ed, explain, because yeah. you spent a lot of time in the White House, Ed Cox, the, why that's important. Because the elevator that goes up to the family floor, the second floor, and the third floor goes right down next to it. And if you want to do an interview with someone that you're obviously not going to do in the in the family quarters, you go right down that elevator, walk right into the library, close the doors, and you have your interview with the reporter or whatever. It is a private place where no one's going to disturb you, including your family on the family floor. But then they moved it to two different locations. And all of a sudden it gets moved, but it's very easy to determine. You just have to ask Governor, the working people who found it. Governor Passon just had a great insight, which he whispered into my ear. Oh, he says, no. now, Yes, he said, now we know why we call it the White House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. a good one. He's got some zingers today. make it out to the nightly show. <laughs> Governor, not when we were living there. <laughs> so now what happens at the Governor Patterson White House, as he's describing it? What happens now, John? Because it's like, like what, case closed? I saw Ari Fleischer, who we had on the show yesterday, and yeah. Ari was saying just a little bit ago, all right, even if Secret Service says case closed, which none of us believe it should be closed, um, what about going to, you know, uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration and say, hey, uh, now yeah. you guys take it? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, they want to they want to sweep this away. They're, they kept January 6th investigation open for two years, Russia collusion open for three and a half years, but they're only going to spend eight days on this case. It's clearly being swept under the rug. Uh, Congress is going to have to take the lead. I don't believe any of the administration's agencies will pick this up. Um, and so it's going to, uh, much like they wouldn't pick up the Hunter Biden tax case, right? U.S. attorneys in Washington and L.A. wouldn't wouldn't take it from Delaware. Uh, it's going to require Congress to do its oversight ability. Now, there are 500 people that were identified by the Secret Service as potentially having access to the drugs during the time there. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, in an interview just a few minutes ago with us, said, let's drug test them all and see if they did it. That'll get some people talking. Uh, I think the Congress is struggling to figure out what their next step is, uh, probably uh, interviewing some people that were the discoverers, the EMS uh, discovery people will probably be the opening thing here. But this is not going to go away, especially knowing now that three times in the last year there may have been drugs in the White House. If it that really was in the library, that is going to narrow the number of people who could have been there. That's yeah, right. exactly, because they're saying it's yeah. 500 by, based on the third location where they're claiming it. Yeah, on. they tried to get as far so, away from so, the library so, as eight, they could. So eight, uh, when they bring in people to just do a walkthrough and see the White House, they don't go in that section of the White no, House? they don't go. They don't. It, now, it's, and, it, yeah. it's directly connected by elevator with the family quarters. Next question. Um, to get hired by the White House, what type of background investigation do they do on you? I mean, uh, oh, I, I, is this a polygraph? Quite, quite extensive I before yeah, I would imagine would someone get close to it, especially the family quarters. Right. So I would imagine even your janitor or whoever else has been checked out clean, no record, nothing. So those they would, people. They would be very good uh, people to testify. They would be very straightforward. Here's what we were doing. Went in the clean, and there it was. I called EMS. EMS came. You can trace it very easily. And to not have fingerprints, not have DNA. I mean, no surveillance. I mean, are you kidding me? I, this is inconceivable. I mean, it really it doesn't, doesn't pass the smell well, test, guys. But you know what really yeah. astonishes me about this whole case? Tell us. Is that does anyone at the White House read what they're about to put out and then say, you know something, nobody's going to believe this. And then, yeah. I mean, lie, change the story. But but they 
act as if this is the final word and no one's going to question it. And they should have known that. And that's why I still say it's incompetence that that is uh, creating the problem. I, uh, most respectfully, uh, my beloved friend, oh, Governor, go Governor, uh, Governor Patterson. Oh, no. When you say okay, that, well, we isn't gotta, that like Who's going to pick up the story? We I wouldn't have the establishment media doing nothing. The New York Times will publish it, yeah. <laughs> John Solomon. There's another bridge to sell. John Solomon, we love you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much, John news. Solomon. Thank you. Very much. Let's take a break, and we're coming back. We've with, got uh, Gordon Chang about Chinese hackers and a whole bunch of other stuff. Stay with us. Some more blockbuster stuff on this special edition of Cats and Cosby. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Wow, what breaking news we have so far. And now, I mean, what the heck is going on in China? Well, we have Gordon Chang with us right now, and he is one smart guy. And Gordon, uh, uh, Gordon, uh, tell us some new news. Well, there's just too much news in China right now. But the most important thing is what we learned a few hours ago. And this is economic, that their trade numbers just plunged. Exports last month, year to year, fell 12.4%. Imports fell 6.8%. Imports have now fallen for nine straight months and 10 of the last 11. That shows a failure of domestic demand. What this means is that China's economy is almost certainly contracting. And what this means for us? Well, Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, can either allow the economy to fail and the Communist Party to be thrown out of power, or the guy can go to war. And I'm telling you, it's probably not the first one. Wow. You know, I, I want to ask you, Gordon Chang, also uh, big news, too, of like potential hacking by China, uh, planning like a cyber strike. A lot of people, in fact, there was a headline today. This was stunning. It said China readying for a cyber Pearl Harbor. Um, what do you know about them and some of the recent hacking efforts? Well, China has been planning a cyber Pearl Harbor for more than a decade. And it's also been inserting, I believe, um, uh, infiltrators into the United States, the saboteurs across our southern border. Um, we're seeing uh, packs, packs, Rita, of uh, men of military age not traveling with family groups, pretending not to speak English, and also conducting PLA, Chinese military rituals. Now, Border Patrol believes that uh, some of these have Chinese military affiliations. These are the people who are going to come and fight America on the first day of a war in Asia, which means we're going to be fighting on our soil the same battles for the first time since the War of 1812. Gordon, Gordon Ed Cox here. You and I have discussed before on this show the reasons why the Chinese economy would be in decline. And they really are political, are they not, in many ways. The, the Communist Party grabbing for more power the interference with business, with entrepreneurs, Xi, in, in essence, making sure that he's secure in power by, by, in fact, 
taking power away from the individual and from the entrepreneur as Deng Xiaoping and his two successors actually empowered people. And that's why China prospered. Now it's going in the other direction. 100 percent, Ed. Um, There are political reasons for China to do things which make no economic sense. Right now, Xi Jinping should be loosening up the economy. He's not doing that. He's controlling not only foreign business more closely, um, but he's also going after domestic private entrepreneurs. So essentially the most productive aspects of the Chinese economy are being held hostage for Communist Party political reasons. What businessmen from China who have visited here have told me that in Russia they push people out of windows. In China, businessmen jump out of windows. Gordon, uh, this is this is Rudy Washington. Um, the, the, the PLA, one of the rituals, is to drink ch- chicken blood. Um, yes, and and that is the mark of the military. We have young men, and we finally got one or two congressmen who are beginning to speak up. I I I think it's criminal what what Washington is doing to this country. I mean, it's obvious to anybody that. Um, since the War of 1812, we, we have not suffered a war on our land, and our enemies are determined to make sure they bring the war to to America. They're determined. And we've got an open border. We have thousands. I don't believe it's just the Chinese. We You know, we, we have the South Koreans. You know, we have the Iranians. Uh, and all of these people will attack right here on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I agree, um, especially the Iranians. Um, they've been inserting agents into the U.S. for quite some time. So you can imagine what 9-11 would have been like if it were just not 19, but 1900. This is what's going on right now at our southern border. Wow. Uh, Gordon, thank you. You always have the best stuff. Of course, your Twitter is Gordon G. Chang. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. Thanks, wow. guys. Stunning. Thank you. And everybody stay tuned. we got a lot more ahead on Cats and Cosby coming up. Uh, big blockbuster Michael Goodwin and also Chris Christie and a whole bunch more. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And everybody, welcome to Cats and Cosby. Of course, we're joined now by also AM 970, which is great. Um, and we continue with some big, big news that is going on today. First off, about the cocaine caper. This is unbelievable, uh, John. I mean, it's amazing. They closed the case. The Secret Service says the cocaine at the White House, the Secret nothing Service, to see there. The first duty is to protect the president. But not, uh, that's to protect they're, the they're president. Protect, You're saying they're everything. They're protecting him, Kat. They're protecting him. <laughs> they're protecting him and his family maybe right, right now. Don't you think, Rudy oh, yeah, Washington? That's, that's my point. They're protecting him. I'm, I, I'm hearing about multiple times for the first time yeah now that's the big news uh that it's just breaking guys that apparently there was cocaine found at the white house two other times in the last year so this is the third time in immortal words of governor passion it is the white house 
(laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. And now the big question is where it goes from here, too, of course, because they're saying it's case closed, John. I mean, John, you've been in the White House many times. This is unbelievable that they actually come out and say there's no DNA, there's no fingerprints, no surveillance footage. And we just can't, you know, narrow it down. We have nowhere to go. We don't know where, uh, you know, we're just going to basically move on. I mean, I think it's a tremendous disservice to the American people. What if it was something else other than cocaine? And now we find out, to your point, Rudy Washington, it's been uh, three times. And and now we have the benefit of having a Cox here who lived in the White House and know the layout. And as he explains it to me, it's you you can narrow this down to a handful of people very easily. But, you know? but they are claiming that it's like hundreds and hundreds of people. Well, let's, yeah. well get Carl Rove on the, on, on the, uh, let, let's see what he thinks. Exactly. Uh, the great Carl Rove, a great political expert, of course, uh, the right hand to George W. Bush. Carl, uh, your reaction to this big news, of course, about the Secret Service coming out and saying, ah, there's nothing there. Republicans, uh, and many other, I think anybody with common sense is going crazy today. Yeah, it's uh, it's we first of all, we heard different stories about where it was left. And then uh, to believe that the Secret Service can't use the cameras and uh, the visitor logs and the footage of people entering the, uh, the the security stations to come into the White House is just a little bit uh, unbelievable. That's uh, having worked in that place for seven years. I can't imagine somebody, first of all, being so stupid as to bring in cocaine. And second of all, that they couldn't figure out who it was. Judge Weinberg? Carlos Richard Weinberg, I was very impressed by the column you wrote about Joe Biden losing his authenticity that you had in the Wall Street Journal. Could you tell our listeners about that, please? Well, uh, well, first of all, I'm glad you liked it. Um, look, the, the, the most important thing that a candidate running for president has is their authenticity, the sense of that they are a person of uh, who's meant for that moment, you know, to we needed a, somebody who we could believe in, great communicator, Ronald Reagan, and we came to believe that uh, he would do in office what he said he would do on the trail. And people after Watergate were concerned about the morality of our uh, elected officials, and along came a born-again Christian, and he made us believe that he would restore morality to the White House. You know, he, every president, and particularly in a close race, has something that's authentic about him that gives him a winning edge. For Joe Biden, it was, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm your, I'm Grandfather Joe, or I'm the avuncular Uncle Joe from Scranton, PA. You know, a, a normal guy, friend of Amtrak conductors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into the White House, get rid of the crazy, restore normality, uh, and through collegiality, make things work again. And that's what he promised during the campaign by how he acted and what he said. And he was supposed to be the guy that was normal. And, and he has done three things recently that just mystify me. One is the, the thing that got my eye was the, his son, Hunter, has a child by a former stripper and denies it. And, is you know, until refuses to provide child support, refuses to acknowledge the issue of, the, of, of, of his affair, until he's ordered by a court to take a paternity test. And, and, and then finally he has to provide child support generously, generously gives her some of his goofy paintings so that she could either keep them or auction them off. But he refuses to let the child have his last name. And what happens? Joe Biden, who's supposed to be the, the you know grandfather of the country, the transitional figure to bring us together, he refuses to acknowledge his seventh grandchild, 
refuses to acknowledge that that is the part of the Biden line. And it's just mystifying to me because imagine how warming, heartwarming it would be if he said, you know, my son made a mistake, but you know what? What a beautiful addition to our family this is. I want her to meet her cousins. I want her to to get to know us. And, you know, and and I treasure this life. And instead, she's dead to him. And uh, I was taken aback when uh, Maureen Dowd in the New York Times last weekend just eviscerated the president for his cold heartedness. But he deserved it. And that undermines in a very critical way one of the big advantages he had in 2016 or excuse me, 2020. And that was he was the guy who was normal and who was big hearted and a good guy and would bring us together as a country. And instead, he can't even accept his own granddaughter. And then that goofy hunter, Biden, I mean, one day after the guy, uh, after his lawyer says he's going to accept a plea deal, an easy plea deal on, on federal gun and tax evasion uh, charges, where is he? He is in black tie at the state dinner honoring uh, the prime minister of, of India. And I'm thinking, buddy, you have no shame whatsoever. You are a tax cheat and an addict and a gun nut. And you were you were prancing around the the White House like it's well, your evening. Carl, you should have been out of sight and out of mind. No, you're not wrong. But uh, no, Jimmy Carter had Billy Carter, and uh, you know everybody. Every president had somebody uh, that uh, not the John, not the John. Yeah, John. Yeah, this is, no, this is beyond the call. Yeah, it's beyond the call right, of duty. Okay, I understand okay. that. And Billy, Billy Carter was never in that kind of a situation, no, glad handing anyone and making a big show right. of himself out of Galloway. selling no, beer. No, he was selling beer. It, it, this is, it's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. a tax cheat and violating federal gun laws and having it what looks to well, the American people like a special plea. Well, how about Al Sharpton uh, owing all that money and, and he had a, a, a blank uh, card to get in and out of the White House? Yeah, well, don't, don't don't start me on you know, that. That wasn't appropriate either. But at least he wasn't the president's son, yeah. and the president wasn't doing it one day after Al Sharpton admitted to violating several federal statutes that would have sent the normal person to the pokey. Carl, so, so what do we do? Well, you know what? There's nothing we can do about it except what what the purpose I wrote the column for was. I think this is stupid on the president's part. He should have acknowledged the granddaughter, and he should have said to his son. Hunter, I love you. I always will. But please lower your profile and don't create problems for me. As I said in the column, if you really wanted to help his father during the next uh, during the coming campaign, he should go to an agricultural commune in Paraguay for 17 months. And, <laughs> and instead, he's doing the opposite. He seems more visible. Wow. I mean, he was there also. Exactly. You know, and also, Carl, he was there on Fourth of July, waving with the like. I've seen more of Hunter Biden at the White House than I've ever seen before, ever since this whole plea deal. Maybe thing. it's making a tough point, Carl. That is, you don't mess with a Biden, which he has said, and that he is playing his son. Look, the son is doing fine, and he's fine. And meanwhile, we're going to do in the people who tried to do him in. And he's downright nasty to the media. Completely counter to the reason that a lot of people voted for him in 2020, which was he's going to get rid of the crazy, and he'll be normal, and he'll be the guy that will bring us together. And instead is, hey, guess what? If my son wants to go and get on the payroll of a of a, of a corrupt co- company in Ukraine and get paid for the fact that he is my son and it looks like he's giving protection when I'm in charge as vice president of the United States under Barack Obama of, of fighting corruption in Ukraine and encouraging the Ukrainians to do a better job, what the heck? 
John uh, well, Hunter's being able to feed his addiction. Hey, Carl, this is Rudy Washington. Why don't you tell us how you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 a shy, retiring Texan, you know. That's really exactly <laughs> right, right. And you know, Carl too. It's now the third time that cocaine's been found at the White House. They won't eliminate the Biden family. They won't eliminate anybody. They won't even pin the blame on anybody. I mean, he said, "I'm going to bring decency. I'm going to bring morale." I agree with you. I think it hurts his little squeaky clean image. I can't wait till the debates. Uh, because, you know, that's what he wrote on was good old Uncle Joe. Um, Carl yeah. Rove, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it, Carl. And well, Carl, Carl, Carl I have my family here listening, and they're from Texas, Houston. Oh, my gosh. Harris County. Yes. Biggest city in Texas. It's a family affair. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Carl, thank you. We love you. Thanks, Carl. I, I want to see your cowboy boots and your and your and your. I have them. Cowboy. I have them, and I got my ten gallon hat. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Carl. Very, very much. Well, one of the other big issues, of course, is crime. Um, and there's been so many of these cases, especially break-ins. And John, what do we talk? It's um, shrinkage, right? Is what they say. Well, sadly, they, shoplifting. They technically call it shrinkage, but it's. Uh, they're wiping out the stores. And I understand uh, uh, there was a list that came out. Yeah, that, this was uh, the top ten store uh, companies that are closing stores all over the. Uh, yeah, I even have the list right in front of me. John, you sent this to me. I my jaw dropped. Um, CVS. This is this year alone, and remember, we're only halfway through the year. Yeah. Um, all right, two hundred branches. CVS, Foot Locker, one hundred and seventeen. Target, thirteen. Walgreens, two hundred. The Gap, one hundred and thirty-six. Well, let's see, Bert Flickinger. What the heck is going on? Tell me. I mean, is are they closing the stores down in the in in, in the big cities where they're having the shoplifting problems? Uh, John and, and Rita, congratulations on your Emmy Award-winning investigative reporting on this and so many other important stories. And, yes, they're uh, shutting down stores in the city, the country, the urban, the near-urban areas, uh, the rural areas, because crime's completely out of control. And it's Fairway in New York has uh, pioneered facial recognition in New York City area and in New England. Uh, as John referenced with you, Rita, it's just a couple dozen criminals uh, going store to store, st- stealing thousands a day, millions per thief per year. And it could be completely under control instead of raising prices, one, to shoppers, two, putting workers out of business, and three, raising prices and ultimately raising school taxes because most of the commercial retail sales tax goes to pay for public school funding. What a mess. Uh, Judge Weinberg? Bert, welcome back. My my problem is it's not just uh, merely shoplifting, which is a property crime. These are leading to physical, violent confrontations between storekeepers and store employees. People are being threatened in the stores. They don't want to go in there. And there have been violent incidents where people have lost their lives. And, and, and Judge, you, you said it so well from your depth and range of uh, judicial achievements that you you have, you have the insights and, and common sense to solve the problems across America, and you and John and and, and Rita sh- should be uh, consulted along with your friend Ed Rendell and Chairman Cox uh, for common sense solutions because this is something as John synthesized and articulated so well so often that it's just a few thousand thieves 
that for Target alone, two years ago, their shoplifting was $200 million a year. This year, they just reported it's going to be over a billion a year, and they give 5% of their profits to, to local charities. So it impairs philanthropy and price. And like you said, Judge, uh, the collateral damage in the, in the crimes, you look at the uh, rapings, maimings, murders at Walmart, which has no, low to no security across the country. It did a Business Week cover story and a Time cover story. 60% of the 911 calls in many big metropolitan areas are Walmart with no security calling the local sheriff and police to arrest people who are stealing Duracell, razor, Duracell batteries and Gillette razor blades. It's absurd. So, Ed Cox here, you follow uh, where retail sales are going, what the consumers are buying, how much they're spending. What's your read on that with respect to the economy and where the economy might be going? Uh, t- t- Chairman, you're in, in, in uh, Judge Weinberg's great respective points. Uh, the consumer scared. 64% are living paycheck to paycheck in part because of these higher prices uh, due to crime. And there were reports that uh, uh, from syndicated data sources that people plan to spend 10% less for Amazon Prime days the last couple of days and, and, and for back to school. So they, they can't afford the prices. And, and cha- chairman and judge, the other thing is, 60% of part-time retail workers are second jobs uh, that's, that spend the majority of the money they make in the stores on goods for their families. And when their stores get closed and they get their hours cut and laid off and they're injured, as the judge referenced so well, uh, from crimes, uh, that, then the whole economy is in continual correct, uh, contraction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unbelievable. Well, Bert Flickinger, thank you very, very much. Um, it's just some of these cases have been amazing, especially as we're talking about what's just going on in the stores. I don't even know how anybody can keep their business now, um, especially in cities like New York City and other cities. Uh, Ed Cox, don't you think? I mean, it's so crazy yeah. with all the things they're juggling. And it's the same people over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, we're driving people out. You some, know, it's just so crazy. Some arrest would take care of the issue. Yeah, 1,000%. Uh, Bert Flickinger, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And everybody stay with us. A lot more ahead on Cats and Cosby. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. By the way, everybody, uh, it looks like that deadline, the 5 o'clock deadline for the Attorney General of the United States to basically say, is he going to allow these other prosecutors that were looking into that sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden, uh, will he allow some of them to testify? And, and we haven't heard anything, Judge Weinberg. Well, I'll tell you what's interesting. If the, the argument is that Weiss has an ongoing investigation, which is pure nonsense, because been, that's been really closed out. But there's no ongoing investigation with respect to the California U.S. attorney or the District of Columbia U.S. attorney. So they don't have that excuse. So make them appear. we got Michael Goodwin on the phone. Let's yep. see if he knows something. In, in fact, yeah, Michael Goodwin, the great Pulitzer Prize winning New York Post columnist. Uh, Michael, uh, have you heard anything uh, of what's going on? Because the deadline was to report now if he's going to give up Weiss and others to testify. We're also talking about cocaine gate or lack thereof, as a, uh, the Secret Service is trying to do. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, look, uh, I mean, there is a common theme here. 
uh, and it is whether there's one system of laws or two. And that's what, to me, is so striking about Christopher Wray's performance yesterday, the FBI director. He doesn't seem to understand the public perception that there are two distinct systems of justice, one for the Democrats and one for everybody else. And that, look, the media can say it's Republicans. And yes, that is the core of this belief system. But it's not limited to them. And I think the skepticism, the cynicism about our federal government is growing by leaps and bounds. And you have these two big cases right now. I mean, cocaine, they can't find anybody. There's no connection. I mean, the White House has got to be the most, uh, uh, you know, supervised and scrutinized place on the planet, you would think, in terms of who comes and goes and cameras and everything else. And they, they have don't they don't have a clue. Uh, I think this is the kind of thing that undercuts the public's confidence in its federal government, particularly in its law enforcement. And the question to Ray yesterday by uh, Matt Gates from Florida, you know, are you protecting the Bidens? And Ray professes to be incensed and insulted by this whole line of questioning, but. I think he should take it as advice that he should look at the FBI and say, honestly, we don't believe we've done anything wrong, but the public does. And how do we convince the public uh, that, that we are above board, that we are playing it straight? He doesn't even go that far. He doesn't acknowledge this. He thinks it to question him is is somehow just a sign of bad faith. I think we are headed for a calamity here. When more and more Americans do not trust the federal government, they are less likely to give it obedience, less likely to to believe in uh, whatever it says. And so when you have 30, 40, 50, 60 percent people in various polls saying they don't think the FBI is trustworthy, that's a serious management problem, and Christopher Ray seems either not to know or not to care. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, we're talking to the Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. Ed Cox, you got a question? Yeah, yes, M- Michael. He, what Ray did there was a traditional. That is, when you're testifying before Congress, every every uh, member of Congress, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, gets five minutes and that's it. And you can easily get through it if you just deny, if you get incensed, if you – and deal it with it in a very surface way. What you're counseling is just not part of Washington. That is, in fact, the says, yes, we have a problem and we're going to solve it. No, he went through a murder board uh, that gave him all the answers that he had to do in order to dodge any tough question, and that's what he did. But it doesn't work in this situation, as you're pointing out. Well, I think, no, you're absolutely right, Ed, in terms of the way the, you know, the five minutes comes and goes. And, of course, in between, there are Democrats who, who, you know, have decided that, yeah, we like the FBI now because they're protecting us uh, from the truth. So, uh and you're right. It, it, there's no follow-up. The Republicans, you know, kind of a sequential performance art for the camera themselves, uh, so they can raise money on it or whatever. But there's no consistency. There's there there's an attempt to get answers, but it's too easy not to give them, or too easy just to give a pat answer that 
doesn't really answer the question, but you've answered it. You've given you've given them something. You haven't given them the answer they want or need, but you've but you've said words. And therefore, next question. You know, um, before uh, we move on, I want to also real quick ask you, uh, Michael Goodwin, about um, D.A. Alvin Bragg, who was interviewed, and he said yesterday that he has knots when people go on when his family goes on the subway. That he's so worried about them going on the subway. Uh, what was your reaction? Because there's been so much talk about uh, some people saying, oh, there's no crime or and also his role with repeat offenders. I mean, there's there, there's so much there as we're worried about crime so much in New York. I thought it was uh, for uh, somebody who's trying to fake his way through a tough question. I thought it was a brilliant answer. Because <laughs> it's disarming, right? What? You know, he's human. He's sensitive. He cares about his family. Uh, He's an average person in that regard. He's like the rest of us. Uh, The next question is, well, why don't you do something about it? Uh, (laughs) That that doesn't come up. Uh, But I I thought it was a very clever piece of PR management uh, from Alvin Bragg, who, you know, too often, I think, has opened himself to ridicule uh, what he has said and done. And so this time he shows himself to be every man and concerned, uh, but it, it's, it doesn't fit with the reality of what he does in his day job, does it? Yeah, no, it sure doesn't. Uh, Michael Goodwin, thank you very much. We love having you here on Cats and Cosby. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Michael. And by the way, uh, some other big news, uh, John, of course, coming from Hollywood and elsewhere about the SAG AFTRA strike. This is huge. Uh, joining us now is Joe Concha. He is a Fox News contributor and also columnist for The Messenger. Uh, Joe, fill us in because this has a rippling effect. Oh, this is enormous. When you think about, guys, SAG AFTRA union, that represents 160,000 actors and performers. And when it announced it was in favor of a strike today, you're talking about the first time in 63 years that actors and writers have been on strike at the same time. And as you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry and an industry in great decline, by the way. I mean, I'll put it this way. 25 years ago, the Oscars were watched on ABC by 57 million people. Can you imagine this number? 57 million. Last year, they're doing jumping jacks and somersaults because they actually got 14 million people to watch. In other words, 75% of the audience gone. So this will be a crippling, crippling strike to an industry that's already in big, big trouble. So what, what, what can consumers see? I mean, is it going to affect also like the product that comes out? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of lead time. But, and also explain why are they striking? You know, I, I don't think in the near term, to answer your first question, we're going to see too much of a difference because during the summer, not a lot of new content is created, right? We're mostly repeats on TV and movies like Oppenheim, uh, Oppenheimer, excuse me, or, or Barbie, you know, those, those are wrapped, you know, months and months ago. So you're still going to be able to see those uh, movies, no question about it, and you won't see any effect. Probably in the fall when that comes, that's going to be when we're going to see a, a big, big problem here as far as the, particularly on television where that's when everything starts to roll out again uh, on that medium. So uh, what you're not going to see, amazingly, are stars even promoting their films. So all those red carpet events uh, are gone. Uh, but but again, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel and Fallon, they've, they haven't been on the air in months. And does anybody really say how much they're missing then? So I don't know who has the leverage here, but I'm not sure actors and writers, maybe years ago, there would be an outcry from the public like, hey, what are you doing to us? 
Now I think you're just going to see a lot more reality TV because that doesn't take actors, right? It doesn't take writers. Uh, AI will probably play a role in some way where you have generated type of actors and actresses being put forth. But to answer your second question, it's all about money. That, that's basically it. Uh, they feel they're not being paid enough, and that's what 99.9% of the strikes uh, are about, and that's, that's what this one's about as well. Wow. Well, Joe Concha, thank you for uh, joining us on this big breaking news. We love having you uh, with Fox News, of course, contributor, columnist for The Messenger, Joe Concha. Thanks. Thanks. As long as Rita doesn't go on strike and cats, then we're working. <laughs> never. We'll be just fine. Never, never. We will always be here. Thank you I very refuse much. to work seven days a week. <laughs> John would work eight if there were eight days. <laughs> and we both agree. Thanks so much, Joe. Very much. And everybody, when we come back, uh, we have Governor Chris Christie, who, of course, running for president. And he has some big news for us. And he's coming up after the break. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. <laughs> well, we're back. John Katsimatidis here, Rita Cosby. And, uh, well, with us today is uh, Chris Christie, and he was a, a great governor of New Jersey. And, uh, uh, Governor, how are you today? Doing great, John and Rita. Thank you both for having me on. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have you. By the way, you have some big news um, in terms of the contributions and what's in store for you. What, August 23rd is the first debate. That's right. Well, look, we've, uh, we have exceeded the RNC guidelines for donors. We uh, yesterday went past 41,000 donors to our campaign in five weeks. Um, and so there's been incredible outpouring. We've got donations from, from every state in the union and over 200 contributors in 36 different states. So it's been a great reaction to our first five weeks. It qualifies us to be on the debate stage, so we will be there. Uh, and as I've said, you know, we know this is going to be a long race and a hard race, um, but we are now qualified for it, and there's lots of folks who are in this race, more than half who have said they're in the race, that haven't qualified. Tell us what you know about the debate. How many people do you think have qualified so far and uh, – uh, what's going to be happening? So far, John, there's been six people who have qualified for the debate. The debate: Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, and myself. And uh, it's uh, August 23rd, hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the site of the Republican National Convention next summer. Uh, and uh, it'll be a 90-minute uh, debate. Right now, there's six of us. There are six other declared candidates who are trying to qualify. They have to August 20th. Um, I don't think most of the rest of them will qualify, um, but we'll see. Uh, we're really gratified, though. I mean, I'll give you a comparison, uh, folks. After uh, last year, eight years ago when I ran, after 35 days, we had 5,000 donors. After 35 days, this time, we have over 41,000. Wow, that, that's a big difference. You know, everybody, we're talking to former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. You know, Governor, um, I also, I was watching you. You're, you're um, talking about sort of the double standards of justice uh, that is going on right now in America. And and case in point, this big news that came out today about the cocaine. Uh, it turns out, by the way, that there was three incidents now of cocaine uh, that got revealed. There were two more that just got revealed. So three times, Secret Service comes out, says, oh, nothing to see there. Um, you know, people are looking at that and they're going, wait a minute. And then they're seeing what happened. Speaking of debates, Joe Biden used that line in the debate. Remember saying 
51 intel agents uh, said it's Russian disinformation. Now we know it was sort of part of this grand scheme. Your, your thoughts about how, how can you and others try to bring trust uh, for the American public? Well, look, you're, you're absolutely right. And what's gone on in the Hunter Biden situation is a disgrace. I uh, Look, uh, John, I, I know John Casamitidis for a long time. He's a, he's a common sense New Yorker. And what common sense New Yorkers would look at that Hunter Biden case and say, it took you five years to figure out that you were going to charge him with two misdemeanor tax counts and uh, dismiss a gun charge. I mean, it's outrageous. It was either gross incompetence um, or uh, Mr. Weiss is not telling the truth and other people made the decisions, not him. Look, I think what we have to do is if you elect a president who's actually done this, and you both know that before I was governor, for seven years I was the United States attorney in New Jersey um, with an undefeated record. Um, we brought justice to the people of the state of New Jersey without fear, favor, or partisanship. That's exactly the way I'd be as president. I would pick an attorney general who would demand those standards from everybody inside the Department of Justice. Anyone who didn't meet those standards would be fired. And the people who, who did meet those standards would be given the latitude to do their job the right way. That's the only way to fix this system, Rita. It's a system made up of human beings. And let's face it, when the laws get passed, a lot of times they don't get followed. Look at this Hunter Biden gun case. Believe me, I, ha- I prosecuted cases when I was U.S. attorney where people lied on a gun application and they went to jail. Um, all these Democrats want more gun laws. How about enforcing the ones we already have? That's a good point. And, uh, and the other point is that the fact is uh, the people that uh, are pulling the triggers, we got to put them away. That's exactly right, John. You know, and it's not happening in, in many cities, including New York, across this country right now, because of folks like Alvin Bragg. Look, Kathy Hochul should remove Alvin Bragg from office. She should have done it a long time ago. If you're going to spend more time prosecuting Donald Trump for a, a seven-year-old payment to a porn star rather than the people who are robbing, stealing, assaulting, um, and killing people on the streets of New York City, um, then you're not doing your job. And as, as president, what we're going to do is demand that same standard from everyone and back up our law enforcement officers all around this country to let them know if they do their job the right way, that those people are going to be put away and it's not going to be any revolving door adjustments. Well, you do make common sense, Governor. i got to tell you that. That's what we're trying to do, John. And I think that's what people want now. You know this. I talk to people all over the country who, look, they have strong feelings one way or the other, conservative or liberal. But what they're tired of is that the government gets nothing done. If they feel like they're not getting any results delivered to them, for God's sake, we're taking a victory lap when we pass an increase in the debt ceiling uh, because we're actually paying the bills that we've already run up. Um, I'm running for president because I want to do the big things. We've got to improve the education system in this country and bring educational freedom to every family in this country. And I can have a big speech in the next couple of weeks to talk about our plan for that. We need to put parents in charge of their children's education and in charge of every aspect of their life. That's No one knows better than a mom and dad how to take care of their kids. Governor, we're looking to spend uh, more time with you, and uh, WABC will provide the time. And uh, uh, thank you for coming on today. And uh, whatever, uh, keep us informed. And uh, you, have the, you, you have the right to hear, for people to hear your voice. Well, John, I appreciate it. There is no more powerful voice for the conservative movement in New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut, than WABC. And I'm now talking to two of my favorite people. 
So I appreciate both of you very much. Rita always has been great about having me on her program as well, both when I was in office and when I was out of office. So thank you both, and I definitely will be back. Thank we you, can't Governor. wait. We look forward to it. Governor, wish you so much thank luck, you. and we can't wait to see you in the debate, too. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, Governor we'll Chris Christie. popcorn, Rita. Get ready. We definitely will. We're so thrilled to have you. Thank you, Governor, very much. Congrats. Thanks, Governor Chris Christie. And, by the way, some big news, everybody, on the medical front, uh, John, that took place. Uh, the FDA basically approving over-the-counter birth control. Uh, and joining us now is Dr. Mark Siegel uh, to talk about this. This is a really big deal, uh, Dr. Siegel. Yeah, it is a really big deal. But it's not. Here's the issue with this that I that I'm wrestling with, which is that I like to be in the loop. I'm a control freak like John. I like to be in the loop. So if you're asking me, am I comfortable with my patients being on birth control pills without my knowing it or being able to regulate it or checking blood work, you know, or being. See, here's the thing. I mean, make your own decision on this. Birth control pills increase your risk for blood clots. Birth control pills increase your risk for problems concentrating. You know, birth control pills change your cycle. And so I would want to be in the loop. Yeah, that is a great point. Um, so now explain to everybody, what does it mean? Um, like someone said, it's going to be next to what the Advil and the ibuprofen. What, I'll take uh, birth control. I'll take, I got a headache. Uh, I, I need birth control. Is it too easy, you think? That's well, well, because I think it has medical uses. Look, I could argue the other side, Rita. I don't think aspirin is safe. I mean, you know, aspirin's over the counter, but if you take it, you can bleed and end up in the hospital. We have a hundred one out of a, we have over a hundred thousand cases a year of this. People going to the hospital from aspirin-related bleeds. So I don't want my patients taking aspirin without my knowing about it. Yo, that's a great uh, point. Why do you I think the FDA? I, why do you think they did it? I don't want my patients having dinner with Casamitini's without my knowing about it. How do you know what restaurant? <laughs> good point. You know it'll be a good I restaurant. Have, I'm, I'm always going to have uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Mark Siegel there. Yeah, very important, right? Always good to have a doctor at the at the table too. Always. I knew it. I, I'm there as a food tester. Taster. I knew it. The kings used to have. Absolutely. I'm there. By the way, I did go to dinner one time with Tramon Perez, and he had food tasters. But they didn't test my food. I was very offended. <laughs> well, that tells you everything you need to know, Rita. I'm telling you. But See, John, John, to his credit, tastes his own food. There's no question about it. Well, what else is going on uh, in, in medicine that you're concerned about, uh, doctor? I'm very concerned about multiple things right now. I'm concerned about let, let, the president. I, I'm focusing uh, today on the issue of what everybody's calling gaffes. I don't like the word gaff because it implies that everybody has them, and I, I, I'm concerned. I mean, how, how can he not tell the difference, even temporarily, between the head of Russia and the, and the head of Ukraine? I mean, you know, and I, I'm concerned about his fitness right now, and, and, and we can't pierce the camouflage of people running the show, you know, that keep him handled, but even through the handlers you see this. And so I, and I, I got to make a really good point a key point here. This isn't about age. Everybody always says it's about age. It's not about age because you see people into their 80s and 90s that are unbelievably sharp. My editor of my current book is 80, and he's as smart as he was when I knew him when he was 60. It's not age. It's other issues. Atrial fibrillation, irregular heartbeat. It's having had a couple of brain surgeries in the old method back in the 80s. 
you know, it, it's having had COVID. It's a lot of things going on. And he has a stiff gait. And what does that mean? Well, he might have some issues upstairs related to that. Why can't we see a cognitive test? Why can't we see an MRI? And he's obviously running. Yeah, yeah, clearly he is. Uh, and, and you know, you bring up a great point. By the way, it was really interesting, Dr. Mark Siegel, earlier in the week, because he's standing next to King Charles, who was not a spring chicken himself, uh, yet he looked like a marathoner. I mean, he looked like a, you know, next to our president. And then you see Zelensky guiding our president. Here's where the stage is. The guy's dealing with war and everything else. And, you know, and he's meanwhile guiding our president. Here, where, here's where you go. It's just it, there is something that has declined with him. Yeah, and you saw that with King, King Charles comes from a great line. I mean, look at look at his mother. I mean, obviously, it it isn't uh, before she di- you know it, before she died. It isn't always uh, an issue of, uh, but yeah, I mean he 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 looks he looks like he's kind of out of it. I mean, I, I, even even and this is this is being a little little on on the obtuse side. But even when he was sitting there with the prime minister of the UK a couple of weeks ago, praising you know intervention for teens you know with LGBTQ with with gender dysphoria for for puberty blockers, and sitting next to him is the prime minister who just they just banned that in the UK at the same time. I mean, what, what a way to handle a press conference! And he gets angry at reporters, and he's losing his cool all the time. That kind of anger by the way, and frustration is in keeping with worsening cognitive function. I don't call it gaffes. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I make the analogy, um, like, you know, when you go visit a cranky, like, aunt or uncle, and they kind of go, ah, what are you, why are you wearing that today? What are you doing? You know, I mean, they, they say what they think, what's on their mind. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a filter. Uh, you, you've had a couple of relatives like that, Ed and, and Judge Weinberg, right? No, no, all my all my relatives are absolutely perfect. Uh, they're yeah. listening now, right? Is that why? <laughs> that's, like, that's why they 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 don't. Maybe they're taking him to dinner after the show. <laughs> With my food taster. Thing that's on my mind this week. John asked me what's on my mind. The other thing is a growing awareness at just how far behind our kids and our teens are. Uh, in schooling, math scores are coming out six months delayed, reading scores six months delayed, socialization is problematic, growing amounts of depression and ER visits among our teens, social media is, is propagating partly because of loss of social connections, what a, a substance abuse, what a cannabis, what a mess. And, you know, I, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so in 2020 that yeah. this was going to happen. Yeah, and and sadly, it hasn't our, gotten our better. Kids are, our kids are uh, lacking their education. Yeah, and that is that's huge for generations. And there's no reason to close the schools in the end. Yeah. And the sad yeah. part is, how do you make this up? Doctor? We're spending what twenty eight thousand uh, dollars a student, yep. uh, governor. Or how much are we spending a student? About twenty eight thousand per student, roughly. Yes. Wow. And, and the Catholic schools and the charter schools are spending what? One half, half, half. one half. You know, you know, John, they get twice you call, the results. Something's wrong with the same John, kind. You call, of Judge, you call Judge Weinberg a common sense Democrat, and I, I guarantee you, he doesn't believe the nanny state can fix this. That by that by paying out free loans, you know, giving everybody a free ride, that that's somehow going to fix this problem. It's the opposite of the solution. We need to reinstitute the work ethic. Go ahead, Judge. Doctor, 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 in my own defense, I agree with you 110%. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you. Thank you, and I'll see you Saturday morning for breakfast. Oh, I'll be there, and and you're buying. And and who's the food taster? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Thank you so much. 
Rita, the doc uh, is right. The mind that created the problem can't be the mind to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we got Miranda Devine with some big news. Stay tuned, everybody. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we are back here on Cats and Cosby and lots of news uh, coming on the Hunter Biden front and a whole bunch more. And joining us now, John, is Miranda Devine, uh, the great New York Post columnist. Miranda, first, I, I have a lot to ask you about Gal Luft and a whole bunch other, but I just want to have you heard anything if uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is allowing any of these other people to testify about some of the questions uh, surrounding the sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden. The U.S. attorney in Delaware was among those who Congress wants to hear from to say, hey, uh, you know, were you suppressed? Were you not able to follow leads? Uh, have you heard anything? The deadline was supposed to be five o'clock. Yeah, the deadline was five o'clock today and um, I haven't heard anything. And so I think that means that um, Merrick Garland has not responded, has not said that he will make available those six witnesses to the IRS whistleblower, uh, Gary Shapley's um, assertions that, um, that David Weiss, the US attorney in Delaware, told them that he didn't have uh, the authority to charge, to, to bring those charges against Hunter Biden. Um, so, you know, someone's not telling the truth and Congress wants to get to the bottom of who's not telling the truth. And um, you would think that Merrick Garland would want the truth to be out there. So uh, let's hope that no news is good news, but I think we would have heard by now. It's uh, almost an hour since the deadline. Moran, it's Richard Weinberg. But what... Let's say that the argument, giving the Justice Department and Garland the benefit of that, the argument is there's an ongoing investigation in Delaware, therefore you don't want them, which is nonsense because you can always put them down in the basement and have them testify under oath in camera and you don't have to make it public yet. So you're not prejudicing anything. But certainly the uh, U.S. attorney in California and the U.S. attorney in District of Columbia, they don't have ongoing investigations because they've done nothing. So there's no reason to block them from coming before Congress. What say you? Yes, that's true. I mean, there's the argument, of course, that um, Hunter Biden's plea deal has to be ratified by the judge on July 26. Uh, and so, you know, anything, doing anything before that could be, I'm sure that's the argument Garland will be making, um, could be prejudicial. But as you say, it doesn't stop them from having um, in-camera um, testimony. Um, look, the, the, the Justice Department has been obstructive from the start. Um, you only just even had to see the way that um, FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, sort of battered away and stonewalled all the questions in you know many hours of testimony yesterday, as he always does. Um, they they treat oversight as a joke, congressional oversight as a joke, um, and they're really a law unto themselves. You know, Miranda, I got to ask you also about uh, Gal Luft. Uh, this is this uh, mystery witness, the missing witness who gave you this like blockbuster videotape uh, a couple days ago. You came on right when you got it. Um, and then now, uh, basically, the indictment against him has been unsealed. A- and people are going, uh, it's it's for like, uh, you know, it's the FARA stuff. It's the foreign uh, act of basically lobbying. Uh, talk about now some big stuff going. It looks like he is being targeted uh, because he has what could be bombshell information on the Bidens potentially. 
Yeah, and um, look, he's obviously a fugitive um, and the um, indictment that was unsealed or the charges that we knew that he'd been charged with when he was arrested in Cyprus back in February. Um, and, you know, the value of him, regardless of, you know, maybe he, he is a foreign, did, you know, act as a foreign agent for China. Um, certainly he accepted money from this uh, Chinese company, CEFC, um, and but but you know if he's guilty of thorough violations um, for his association with CFC, then so too are Hunter and Jim Biden, who accepted not three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which was fully accounted for and tax was paid on it, but they accepted millions of dollars at the same time uh, from the same people. They did exactly the same thing that Gal Luft is alleged to have done. So uh, no thorough charges against Hunter Biden or Jim Biden, the president's um, younger brother, um, I think the value is of Gal Luft is his intimate knowledge of how CEFC worked. And that was the knowledge that he brought um, to that Brussels meeting where he met with six uh, representatives of the Justice Department, four FBI, two prosecutors. Um, they obviously decided that they were going to um, slap him with these charges anyway. But um, what we really want to know is, did they investigate the, um, the the allegations that he brought to them about the payments being paid to the Bidens and also about the FBI mole? Like, we don't know. They may have investigated. They may have found it was baseless. But it's interesting because his is only one of about five very similar sets of allegations from different sources that was brought to the Department of Justice. And I have to point out, during the Trump administration, so this was the Trump DOJ, the Trump FBI, um, and somehow none of those allegations ever went anywhere, whether they were from Ukraine or China. And we see now from the IRS whistleblower's testimony the how the sausage was made, how um, the FBI, the DOJ, particularly the DOJ, was um, stomping on this investigation and obstructing and slow walking to protect Hunter Biden. You know, I saw, by the way, that uh, the whistleblowers are testifying next week, Miranda. It just came out. Um, the IRS one, the one we know, Gary Shapley, and then this other one who's been what whistleblower X, uh, they're going to testify publicly. So that should be that could be a bombshell. I think so. And I think really the value in that is that people will see them. They will see that they're credible. They will be pressed by, uh, you know, Democrats. I'm sure we'll have a whole lot of dirt on them. Um, but we will see the measure of them. Well, Miranda, thank you so much. It's the end of our show. If you hear the music and thank you for coming on. Thank you for working hard for America. And uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Thanks so much, John thank and Rita. Thank you, Miranda. Well, guys. Wow, what a day it's been. Talk about blockbuster news left and right. I'm telling you, it just keeps on coming. It keeps keeps on on coming. coming. Well, guys, where do we stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American way. God bless America. Reporting from the Daily Planet building.